the sunshine. And remember, don't let the buggers get you down. Hello there, you bitch babies. It's Chappie, your British butler. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese, episode 197. Yes, I'm back. I'm back. I've still got sand between the toes, sand in the crack, sand almost everywhere. I keep finding grains of sand. I keep chewing down and finding little, little nubbles, little granules of sand everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. And I think if you're the hairier you are, there's sand like emanating and reminating and ruminating absolutely everywhere darlings hope you're doing well hope you had a lovely lovely week i've uh, actually had my first vacation in a very very long time and it was absolutely delicious a delightful time by the beach in southern california it was beautiful you had the bit of the sea mist coming down to cool it was never lower than probably like 64 65 but felt a little bit warmer than that and uh, had a very very nice time indeed relaxing um having a few drinks uh of course always strawberry strawberry margaritas people yes that's, that's the way that i like to go these days a few tales to tell Lots and lots of seafood as well. Do like the seafood. Had a lovely uh, cipollini, uh, which is beautiful, like Italian seafood. I probably completely messed up and destroyed the pronunciation of that. But uh, I am back again, back in the Butler Shack, back here in Chappie Towers, recording another edition of the podcast. Feeling a little bit California jet lag, little bi-coastal jet lag going on, I think. But I will deliver as best I can with the essence of a slight fishiness and salt water to me today. I am the epitome of the salty sea dog. I recorded a little extract for the podcast that I'll be playing out uh, that I recorded on the beach the other day. And I I do think the uh, sound of the ocean waves in the background does help and cure all ills. We'll be talking about salt water being by the ocean a little bit later. I grew up quite near the seaside and I do think the, uh, the sea is a wonderful thing. And uh, I've been landlocked for many, many years. And uh, when I get back, I think, well, this, is this where I should really be? Should I be? I mean, first of all, your toenails don't get all dried out and mangly. I think it improves a man's feet, just dangling them in the salt water. Uh, everything really improved you don't have the calluses i said to my father earlier that he should try to cure his gout by dipping his tosicles into the uh into the ocean there into the sea i think it does you wonders as well maybe a little bit of dash of vinegar as well you know you could use your apple cider vinegar not only poured over the toes you dip them in, in the salty water but also on your chip your chippities as well your little chips your little fries your freedom fries, dare I say that. I didn't even have fish and chips, though. The entire time uh, I was there, I didn't have fish and chips. But a lot of very fresh seafood. A lot of oysters. Yeah, please, take your minds out of the gutter. Take them. That doesn't have that sort of effect on me as well. It's a lovely one. Eating oysters off the harsh shell are rather, rather wonderful. And uh, a little bit of that spicy... Uh, that spicy sort of salsa that goes with it is really delicious and uh, I think there's a lot of dash of horseradish as well you mix that within in the oysters and you down it you sort of do your oyster shots your slurpy shots 
and uh, straight down the gullet. That's the ways to do it. And uh, it makes you feel a lot better. It really lovely, lovely fresh seafood. Anyway, here I am, rejuvenated for another Realm of the Podcast. I'm afraid there's only one podcast this week, so uh, make the most of it. Squeeze all the essence and dander and loveliness out of this podcast that you can, uh, because there's only one one episode of uh, of it this week. Uh, but we'll try to uh, I'll try to give it a little bit of the essence of California in both uh, the audio and the Butler Emporium. We'll have lots of uh, very salty, sea doggy, by the coast type of music, uh, if you like that, on the Butler Emporium musical playlist on Spotify as well. I don't think I'm ever going to make it as a California lifeguard because my first comfort steps on the beach in probably 10 years, I uh, uh, managed to cut my toe. Yeah, I cut my toe, cut my foot open, uh, that's the way it goes, so I'm not going to be the next David Hasselhoff, although I can pull my stomach in like a good one. I can go from being rather rotund uh, to sucking my gut in, like the Hoff used to do. I mean, I don't know how he did it for like hours and hours and reams of film, but uh, I'm not going to be your next California lifeguard. Uh, if I tried rollerblading, definitely do myself a nasty beachside mischief. Here's a little excerpt of me on a beach last week in San Diego. And uh, you get to see in the background here. Just relax and take in the usual nonsense. So let's kick off this uh, new edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese from the beach. The Pacific Ocean in the background. Seaweed and sand between the toes. Is there anything better than uh, giving you inspiration to start one's week and one's life. <laughs> okay, got some salt water up the leg there. That'll uh, heal any wounds and any calluses. <laughs> but that's the fabulous here. And the sea mist is rather reminiscent of growing up on the East Coast in the UK, which uh, is truly, uh, truly magnificent. It's a little bit warmer. But the great thing about many parts of California is you always need a sweater. So always have a sweater. I've got like three or four navy sweaters with me and uh, they're keeping, keeping me warm. But now I have a wet pair of shorts. But it's, uh, it's rather refreshing. So I hope you've had a marvelous week. This is the week after the Queen's Jubilee and you've enjoyed the Jubilee editions the lovely jubbly jubilee editions of the podcast and we start back with the usual nonsense here on the show many observations through the course of the last week in california that i'm going to bring to you uh certainly uh cleared my mind and reinvigorated me to the rest of the year ahead and it's so good to bite these eyes once again. Doesn't the salt water make me sound relaxed? So I couldn't say down by the seaside. I just couldn't say it. I wasn't even drunk. I hadn't had anything to drink. I was just drunk on the sea air, the saltiness, everybody playing all the different sandcastles, some phenomenal sandcastles as well. Had slightly wet shorts, 
not through the excitement or anything like that, just splashing Pacific Ocean, misjudging a wave. I mean, this is how rock and roll I am. I did a lot of paddling. Yet, yeah, forget the boogie boarding, forget the surfing, forget rollerblading, forget anything exciting along the coastline. I was paddling. Not doggy paddling. I was just paddling, and I misjudged a few large waves. Yeah, I mean, can you believe it? That's so rock and roll, living life to the utter danger. Danger. Danger's my middle name, baby. I mean, it really is. <laughs> Getting slightly wet shorts. And then salty seawater boxer shorts doesn't help as well. Anyway, I'll be telling you a tale about that a little bit later. I was caught. I was caught in the act. I was caught in the act, darlings. We'll be going over that later. Anyway, some of the things that we may or may not be talking about on the podcast today. Have you ever tried, as a fella, urinating at the airport with a backpack on your back? We'll be talking about that. Also, uh parachute panties we'll be discussing that how garlicky are the snacks that the flight attendants give you on the plane these days karen and a cars have you turned into a little bit of a karen well i saw my love turn into a bit karen uh the other day uh also <laughs> also as i said i was found out I was found out something that I'd been hiding for a while was discovered on our trip. Yes, discovered on the trip. And we'll be discussing that a little bit later on. Uh, also, the sound of waves. How, mu- how much does that help you sleep? I mean, I think the real McCoy, this is why everybody needs some sort of residence by the ocean if possible. I mean, even if it's a tent. I bet you sleep better on the tent, uh, you know, on the sand, sand emanating everywhere, than you would on a bed. I, I, I bet you a bottom dollar that you would sleep much better in that sense. Because I'm back in my normal bed, that may be the sort of huffing and puffing of my dogs, the hounds, you know, the sort of heavy breathing. It's like I'm in a constant sort of dog porno movie with all the heavy breathing that's going on and panting. Um... That may be the problem why I don't sleep. But I think if I was in, if I was under canvas on the beach, it doesn't have to be like an apartment or a hotel room or anything. I think I would sleep better. And I think uh, you would do as well. Have you ever released your inner Usain Bolt? Your inner Usain Bolt. Have you ever released it? I did in the last couple of days. We'll be talking about that as well. And uh, I tried a little bit of a wooden spoon relay race the other day. I don't know what it, what it is on vacation. I mean, I have the worst sense of direction there is. Uh, but uh, I was given a wooden spoon, and I, I, I took part in a wooden spoon relay race. How did they take selfies back in the age? Oh, my God. But first, let's take a selfie. How did they take selfies back in the 1980s? We'll be discussing that. We'll be, we'll be uh, hitherto thinking about how did somebody take selfies in the 80s. Is that why there's not so many pictures around? They say that now people are documenting every day of their life in some sort of manner. Video, photograph. I mean, back in the day, I mean, people had loads of sort of Polaroids and all. But it took like a minute or two to develop, didn't it? 
although Polaroids, I believe, are coming back into fashion as well. The wonders of the fish stew, the chipipino, the uh, Italian uh, fish stew, is an absolute delicious. And we'll be having our usual nonsense of uh, keeping your British end up, basically. Very British problems, uh, official. We, we may throw a rate my plate in as well. But uh, we're just sort of easing our way back into the show. We're just gently, gently, bently easing ourselves back into our little podcastian show. First up on the hockey. I mean, well, this is very much sort of on the hockey here. Have you ever tried to urinate as a man, as a chap, at the airport when you've got a backpack on your back? First of all, if it's not balanced correctly, and I, I think I did the wrong thing, so I, I went into the bathroom ill-prepared, pretty much as always when I go into the garderobe, if I go into the lavatoire, I go in very ill-prepared. But I had the backpack on one shoulder, and I was thinking, well, I, I really want to, I, I need to use the urinal here. So first of all, if you've got a, uh, if you've got a misshapen, badly balanced backpack on your back, trying to undo one's flies, one's zipper, is, is a problem. Because you're holding one, you know, basically you're holding one hand, <laughs> one hand holding onto the, uh, onto the cradle, onto the arm, onto the handle of the backpack as it goes through your arms here. And it was badly balanced. And then you got one hand, uh, you know, pulling down the zipper, and then you have to hold on to the old boy. Now, I, I'm always a bit of a, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a bit sort of cack-handed, prefer the left hand. But in this case, I was holding on to my backpack with the left hand. So I had to do a righty pee. Now, a righty pee is, 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 is a little bit challenging for me. So I was holding on to the old boy here, and... Uh, Everything was sort of out of control, out of whack. Because normally I like to you know, be perfectly balanced as I'm at a urinal. And people like looking at me, sort of moving, well, stop, stop looking at me. Then I realized as my maneuvering around, trying to keep my balance so I didn't pee all over my shorts, was why people were like keeping an eye on me here. As the backpack was swaying back and forth, and I was trying to uh, keep a steady flow, if you know what I mean. And not a. Uh, Having the situation where, oh God, I wish I'd put another pair of shorts into my uh, into my carry-on luggage. Because everything, you know, everything's everywhere. So as you'll probably realise uh, over the course of this program, I had a few little toiletry situations during my trip here. Probably because I'm not used to wearing uh, short trousers for a start. I normally, normally but belt and braces, you know, and a leopard pair of trousers, and here's it trucks away. But no, this time it was uh, it was a shorts, and um, it, it was I I didn't know which hand I was trying to hold. You know, should I do the left? Should I, should I do the right? The backpack was rocking all over the place, and trying to maintain a steady flow on this occasion was nigh on impossible. I don't like to stereotype very much here in the podcast. Well, we do it all the time, don't we? Uh, but anyways, in the airport, and I was listening to one of the flight attendants talking to her friends. She said. Oh my God, I, I don't think I should tell Aaron about all my exes. I mean, you don't want to you know, talk about flight attendants and make the assumption that they have a lot of exes, but there was a flight attendant who was unsure that she should talk to Aaron about all of her exes. I did save my uh, girlfriend, though, 
from a from an embarrassment here. Uh, there was a little bit of um, a little bit of string hanging out of the back of her trouser. No, it wasn't some sort of like wasn't like any sort of flimsy underoos or anything along those lines. But I mean, I I honestly thought it was like a ripcord of a parachute. I thought she had uh, uh, parachute panties on. I said, yeah, what, what what would happen if I pulled that little bit of string at the back? Uh, would would things inflate? Would things drop down? I, I was just concerned about, I mean, I was just concerned about what these... Are. I mean, you just don't, you, want, you don't want somebody to be embarrassed, do you? And But me calling it parachute panties, I mean, it probably didn't give her the right idea. I mean, it probably a problem. I mean, I'm thinking, Chappie, more subtle next time. You don't need to, I mean, could I have, like, subtly tucked it in myself i didn't have to bring it up and make a whole thing thing of it did i, I don't know I, I mean and that's the start of the holiday i mean that you can't at the beginning of the holiday you want to be on incredibly good terms and if you start mentioning like that there's something a bit of string hanging down from the back of your trousers and you know yeah. I mean, as always, she took it in very, very good grace, and uh, the the whole vacation started off on a very good note. And we all know that aeroplane food has been bad for like a century. That's why I always, I mean, I think when the Wilbur brothers started flying, the aeroplane food was bad then. I mean, whatever they took on the plane, it probably started out as like spam or you know some sort of dodgy tuna mayo type of sandwich going on with soggy fruit, smelly fish. I mean, even back in the days when the Wilburvers started and invented the uh, their aeroplane, I'm sure that was going on. But it's got, it's sort of, it hasn't improved for a start. And now if you're on a, some sort of short haul flight, which I was, um, they, they're giving you these snacks that are the most concentrated garlicky snack that you're ever gonna have. Now, and then you've got everybody around you smelling like pure i mean it's a complete essence of garlic if you took the stinkiest part of the garlic uh in a pipette and squeezed it all over these snacks that's what you'd have and you can't if, uh, if your partner has one of these i mean i talked about this on the podcast before but this is to the nth degree if your partner has any of these you need to have it too because almost even as she popped it into her mouth it was complete unobliterated garlicky smell and i think everybody else around who had had this there was garlic emanating from everywhere now it's probably good for covid19 on the airplane it probably kills all sorts of germs and nastiness in the throat um but i had to have it i mean and i, and I tasted it and i mean this was if, if they crisped up the bulbs of garlic that's how garlicky this was and that's what they do on these snacks. I mean, they, they should really... I know how they give you a warm hand towel on some of these planes. They should give you Listerine mouthwash afterwards because you've got that whole taste. Now, if it's two hours, that's fine. But a flight back to the UK, eight or nine hours, and that taste in the back of your mouth is like something died in the back of your mouth. So once you get off any flight, if you sort of go to the sort of car rental place, I love... Very, very patient... Um, but the situation, you get to the car rental place and the guy's giving you a car, first of all, it smokes at somebody like a 
smoked a packet of Marlboro in there, and it's got the, the, that sort of nasty, stale cigarette smell. So the first car that was received was, was taken back, smelling of nasty, nasty smell. And then the, the, the next one that we got, I mean, it looked like a teenage boy's face. There were so many little dents and perforations. It was like a pizza face on a car. I mean, it was so many little dents, imperfections, absolutely everywhere. It's been pinged and ponged all over the place. And that was the second car. And then uh, as he removed that down the sort of armrest, there was a nasty, I mean, it looked like it could be a melted cookie, but it was brown. It could have been uh, anything, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you don't, first of all, you don't want that situation going on. But you get the third car, I mean, by that time you're exhausted and you're thinking, you know, you're probably in the right here because these aren't perfect and you don't, it's sort of a brown splodge on the armrest here and everything else. But you're sort of thinking, Karen and the cars, Karen, Karen and the cars. That's what I was thinking. And I, and I did say it and we are still friends. Just letting you, the listeners, know that we still are friends. Even my cheekiness, my cheeky chappy, uh, my, uh, you know, speaking before, that you're basically putting your foot into gear before your brain goes into gear. That is my whim. That is what I'm very, very good at. But yeah, you've you got three cars coming out. Uh, first, uh, first, stinking of smokiness. Second, dinged and some brown splodge in the armrest. Karen and the cars. So our very good friends at Very British Problems Official had an absolute beauty this week. Very British Problems with camping. Number one, wishing you cleaned your tent after your last camping trip as you pictured and discover that inside now smells overwhelmingly of compost and athlete's foot. Number two, hoping that if you keep saying, ah, this is the life long enough, then eventually you and your family might believe it. Number three, learning that glamping means 200 pounds for a damp mattress, one towel between two, a broken heater and a sprig of cow parsley in a jam jar, on an upturned crate. Number four, feeling like Bear Grylls and Ray Mears combined as you heroically warm a can of spaghetti hoops on the camping stove. Number five, looking like a snake desperately shedding its skin as you lie in your tent attempting to take off your trousers. Uh, number six, trying to maintain your dignity as you stride towards the campsite loo, toilet roll in hand. Uh, number seven, always managing to pitch up next to the person who loved nothing more than to tune a guitar until dawn. Number eight, realizing that you forgot to bring your travel scrap on and therefore there's literally nothing at all to do. Number nine, somehow managing to exit the campsite shower, feeling and looking slightly dirty and more dirty than you went in. Number 10, uh, leaving at least another five years before you again manage to convince yourself that camping might be fun. So I made a very heinous mistake, heinous crime, was found out over the course of my, uh, my little vacation. So I decided to pack the probably the worst boxer shorts seen to man. So I've had these boxer shorts about a year, but to be honest, in the last two months, they've been a little holy. Uh, holier than thou, <laughs> to, to say the absolute least. They were ridden with holes. It looked like, a, it looked like I was pairing, wearing a pair of Swiss cheese, basically. That's how many holes are in there. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to put them in there. She's not going to see them. I'm going to be either wearing shorts 
uh, you know, possibly going commando or wearing uh, swimming trunks or, you know, get rid of the undercrank as quickly so she doesn't see them. Uh, then one day, spent a little bit much, too much time in the sun uh, and had a shower, popped the, uh, popped the undercrackers on, and these are, you know, wafer thin at this point and looking like crackers with holes in them. And uh, laying on the bed there, and uh, she came in and said, Oh, uh, oh no. Oh dear. <laughs> I mean, she saw my Swiss cheese, basically. There were so many holes in there. It was a real problem, a real situation. Uh, yeah, this isn't going to do. We need to get you some more underwear. And I thought I'd be able to get away for the whole trip. You know, get those buggers off quickly. And then she's not going to see them. And it will be everything will be perfectly fine. But it was a situation where I was, we'll just sort of recreate this uh, uh, slowly and surely here. So it was a situation with this. So I had basically had a shower, put the holy underwear on, everything that hanging out, all in sundry. And then she decided to come in and she saw the said underwear. And this, uh, this was the reaction here. That, that's not going to do yet. Yeah, no. Oh dear. Oh dear. What, 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 have, what have you done? What have you done? I mean, I, I thought possibly the relationship was over. You know, you walk into a room, there's a man wearing inferior underwear, holes, you know, all of, all of the crown jewels hanging out and... Uh, oh, oh, oh. I mean, that's when you need to make make a sort of quick, sharp exit as quickly as you can and uh, and probably go out and get some underwear that's not going to chafe, hasn't got holes, and you can sort of uh, basically reinvigorate your relationship again. So here's exhibit one of why you, if you started taking turmeric, turmeric uh, then you should not stop taking it, which I did this last week. Made that uh, terrible, uh, heinous error of uh, stop taking the turmeric. So I had the situation... Had a lovely breakfast, and um, I thought, you know, I sort of maybe things were a little bit rich. I need to use the the bathroom. So, um, so I was uh, look for the look for the lady, uh, the waitress, and she gave me this wooden spoon uh, with a key, and uh, the wooden spoon had the key on it, huge wooden spoon, almost like I was holding a baton for a relay race. And she said, well, the bathroom's not really not in the complex. You have to take a U-turn, uh, turn left, then right, and then up the road uh, like a minute, and then you have to go up the stairs. I thought, oh, God, I, I, really, need to, I really need to go here. And, 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 and you know, holding this relay spoon. And, okay, well, I'll try to take a U-turn. So I started taking a, taking a U-turn. And I was thinking, well, turn left here, then right, uh, up the road slightly, and I should see these stairs. So... I um I basically uh, I saw the stairs in front of me, and they were partitioned off with some um, like a coil going across here. It was uh, some some chains going across, and uh, and I thought this can't be upstairs of the bathroom. I'm not, not only doing a relay race with a wooden spoon, I have to do the high jump over these uh, chains. Together. So I lifted one leg over the chains, and at this point, you know, things were a little delicate in the tummy area. So one leg went over, and then the second leg went over, 
I hope these are I hope the I hope the bathroom I hope the toilet's upstairs and then right at the top was another chain so I had to do the same thing and I tried to get one leg over the chain was a bit too high I thought well this can't they but they're partitioning this off here so then I decided to like do the limbo and get put my back under there and I went under I couldn't find the toilet anywhere so I had to do the same thing I had to do like the limbo back under the first chain at the top of the stairs and then do the high jump over the bottom chain all when things are very very delicately balanced after a rather heavy breakfast and uh, made a quick dash back to the hotel now that's exhibit one of why I shouldn't stop taking turmeric I uh, will give you exhibit uh, exhibit two in a little bit here. So my children often ask me, you know, what did I do when you couldn't take selfies that easily in the 1980s? I mean, they, they think it's almost like a bygone age, like a Victorian age situation. Well, I said we had uh, we had Polaroids, but they took like two minutes to uh, develop. And uh, I mean, I think my parents have a stash of Polaroids somewhere in their, one of their drawers there from uh, from years gone by, bygone ages. But I think they honestly think it's almost like a Victorian film going off. So you, when you take, oh my God, I think I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a selfie here, and it's like that sort of situation going on where you've got like a really loud, yeah, like that sort of sound. It's like Victorian age, and then at the end of the end of the situation, you've uh, basically covered in phosphorus and other poison elements after your flash explodes, and that's what happens when you take a selfie in the 1980s. So whilst we're on the subject of Victorian cameras and flashes going off, how about some sorely missed Victorian slang? Uh, number eight, we have giggle mug. Giggle mug means always smiling. Number seven, bitch the pot. Bitch the pot. Pour the tea. Number six, got the morbs. That's temporary sadness. Almost like an emo for Victorian times. Got the morbs. Number five, tight as a boiled owl. That's drunk. Uh, number four, poked up, embarrassed. Poked up is embarrassed. Number three, oh, yeah, that's just sauce box, the mouth. Number three, sauce box, the mouth. Number two, uh, Cupid's kettle drums. Cupid's kettle drums means breasts. And uh, number one, not up to dick. Uh, not up to dick means that you're a little bit unwell, like you've got a bit of a dicky tummy. So I really feel so much better after a week at the beach by the seaside. Um, and I truly believe that it really helps out your mental health and also your physical health. Now, I had eczema on my feet when I was younger. After a week, uh, dipping them in the salt water completely cured. This week, I had a bit of a wound on my leg. Yes, I was like doing some sort of uh, 14er triathlon, going through the brush and uh, cut my leg open. No, I was actually scrambling around for lost golf balls and a wee branch scraped my leg. But anyway, after going in the salt water, after a week of it, almost completely gone. And it would look pretty nasty uh, like the week before that. So the ocean is a great place to relax, escape from hustle and bustle of everyday life. But while you're aware of the amazing healing power of the ocean, according to some, being by the ocean and breathing in the salt air can cure all sorts of maladies. Ask thousands of people who flock to the beach every year in the hopes of getting better. The ocean may not be the cure-all, but it certainly can't hurt to take a break and enjoy the healing powers of the ocean. Salt water has been used for centuries to heal all sorts of illnesses. Uh, the treatment of disease by the use of salt water is uh, thalos therapy. 
thalas therapy is a type of hydrotherapy that uses ocean water and other elements from the sea to improve the health. In fact, ancient cultures such as the Greeks and Romans believed that the ocean was a source of healing and rejuvenation. Hippocrates and other Greek physicians prescribed the use of salt water for a use of a variety of maladies. The practice continued into the Middle Ages when people would travel to coastal towns in order to advantage the healing properties of the ocean. All those centuries ago, English physicians endorsed the healing effects of ocean water for everything from depression to tuberculosis. Now some scientists believe the sea air can have a positive effect on cystic fibrosis. The ocean is considered a safe treatment for most people and can be helpful in treating everything in joint pain to skin problems. There's no scientific evidence to support all of the claims made by this. It's hard to deny the relaxing and rejuvenating effects of the ocean. For example, there are over 7,000 nerve endings in your feet and each grain of sand on the beach is unique. Combine those two facts and a simple walk on the beach becomes a uniquely stimulating step-by-step experience. The rhythmic sound of the waves can help calm and soothe your mind, body and soul. The simple repetitive sounds of the waves change our brain waves by reducing the stimuli that helps reduce the stress. It's a perfect way to relax after a long day or to unwind before bed. There are a number of studies that suggest the white noise from the ocean is beneficial to sleep. And I found that, I mean, I was sleeping like eight, nine hours this last week, which uh, is two hours more than normal. One study published in the Journal of Sleep found that white noise can help people fall asleep and stay asleep. The study participants also listened to white noise for 45 minutes of the ocean. So if you have trouble sleeping, the ocean may just be the answer that you're looking for. Water can also help improve your skin health in a number of ways. It helps remove toxins from the skin. In 1897, a French doctor, René Quinton, theorized that the seawater and human blood plasma were 98% identical. When immersed in the warm seawater, the body absorbs the mineral it needs through the skin, helping the body to detoxify. Swimming in the ocean also exposes your due to the sun which can increase your vitamin d vitamin d levels are essential for healthy bones teeth and muscles also visiting the ocean can improve your mental health as well the smell of salt in the air can be relaxing and stress relieving the smell of salt in the air can increase our levels of serotonin which is the neurotransmitter that's associated with happiness and well-being the smell of salt in the air can improve our mental clarity and focus and the smell of salt in the air can improve our concentration levels well i certainly need that have you ever wanted to release your inner usain bolt i released my inner usain bolt on friday afternoon and this is how i did it also exhibit b and why i should not stop taking turmeric turmeric that i normally take a, a spoonful a day anyway so i had been uh, i'd had a few uh, cans of and they pretty insipid pina colada in a can and then a few strawberry margaritas followed by some huevos rancheros at a mexican restaurant and uh, yeah so um, i was a little 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 bit buzzed a little bit buzzed walking around the shops looking for some hawaiian shirts and uh, all of a sudden i said oh i really really need to use the bathroom um yeah, so i thought it was going to be a number one p situation uh, and then gradually I realized that something else was going on, that somebody had struck the gong in my brown chakra, so to speak. Anyway, all of a sudden, 
I managed to harness my inner Usain Bolt. And I sprinted across the road between cars safely, I have to add, and uh, banged on the door of a Starbucks. That was locked. Panic was setting in, but I was still harnessing and holding on to my inner Usain Bolt as I sprinted onwards towards my destination. <laughs> Hope in my heart that I was going to make it in time because I will, things are not. There was a rumble around in the Bronx and got into a restaurant. Table for one, sir, please. Uh, yes, excuse me. Uh, can you show me the way to your nearest bathroom, please, sir? I won't ask for any more. And he pointed me to the back, crossing my fingers and every part of my body. I needed it crossed, believe you me. I uh, went into the bathroom and uh, hoped that the uh, way would be clear, so to speak. The way would be clear. And luckily it was. And I harnessed my inner Usain Bolt with that sprinting, that movement. I rescued myself that day from an embarrassment and a fate worse than death. So let me know if you want to harness your inner Usain Bolt as I did. Because I really do believe that I broke the land speed record in California on Friday afternoon. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I know it's been a lot of uh, California nonsense today. And I tell you, I had a lovely, lovely time. Wonderful time. And uh, very relaxed. So I wanted to recount some of the uh, nonsense that occurred over the course of the week in the usual keep calm and cauliflower cheese eccentric fashion. Anyway, I hope you had a lovely week. It's now like boiling hot here. And uh, I think you could basically fry an egg, as I have done on the podcast before, on the pavement on the sidewalk here in Colorado. It's absolutely stifling hot, although I have the air conditioning set to a very cool temperature. But hope you have a fabulous week. Anyway, if you like to listen to the podcast, like and subscribe. I know you like my little jollities on Instagram. So if you like that, at Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese on Instagram, at Keep Cheese on Twitter for more of the buffoonery on there. And uh, you can hear me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify has an audio version, Breaker Slacker, iHeartRadio, Audible. As the, as the waves crashed in, I heard the waves crashing as I was sprinting. I could hear the sound of Keep Calm and Cauliflower emanating from my bowels. Yes. <laughs> oh, you can hear it anywhere, basically, is what I'm saying. But if you like music, so if you like the music interspersed, with uh, with the nonsense, then you can listen on the Butler Emporium Musical Edition on Spotify, and we have a little bit of a seaside, a little California montage for you. We have some salt water, we have the river, we have some mochiba, we have some uh, red hot chili peppers, we have some uh, Elton John, we have some La Mer, some Beach Boys, some Kokomo. Uh, so real sort of flavor of the seaside for you if you're going on your holly bobs uh, like I did and had a wonderful time in Southern California. Anyway, coming up next, we have a poem. This is The Sea Spirit by Lucy Montgomery. I smile o'er the wrinkled blue, low the sea is fair, smooth o'er the flow of the maiden's hair, and the welking light shine through into the mid-sea caverns of beryl hue and the little waves laugh and the mermaids sing and the sea is beautiful sinuous thing 
I scowl in sullen guise. The sea grows dark and dun, the swift clouds hide the sun, and not the bale light of my eyes. And the frightened wind as it flies ruffles and bellows the stormy wing, and the sea is terrible treacherous ring. When moonlight glimmers dim, I pass in the path of the mist, like a pale spirit by spirits kissed. At dawn I chant my own weird hymn and dabble my hair in the sunset's rim. And I call to the dwellers along the shore with the gr voice of the grammary evermore. And if one for love of me gives to my call an ear, I will woo him and hold him dear and teach him the way of the sea. And my glamour shall ever over him be through wander afar in the cities of men. He will come at last to my arms again. We will be back with the regular cadence of podcasts uh, coming up Friday and another one over the course of next weekend. I hope you have a lovely, lovely week. But until next time, it's Chappie saying cheerio for now.